welcome to the City of Fruit podcast. Fruit is used as a metaphor, not of our direct actions, but the things produced as a result of our lives. This isn't about just the things that we're accomplishing, but the true deeper meaning and lasting impact of what we're doing. This is your host, Palmer Thomas, and I'm excited to have you here on this journey with me. guest Chelsea Noonenkamp. Uh, Chelsea, the first question on the City Fruit Podcast that we like to ask is what is your favorite type of fruit? So I actually came prepared to okay. answer this question. Hey, look I've been at that. listening to the podcast and I've narrowed it down to pineapple. Okay. I love pineapple. Why, why is that your favorite? It's so refreshing. The flavor is so unique. And you know when you eat a lot of it, you get that like tingly mm. sensation in your mouth. Definitely got something going Feels like summer. in there. I, hey, I, and, and hopefully we're going to be eating some of that soon here because it will be summer. Yes. Um, Chelsea, describe or just briefly would you summarize who you are, how you got to this point, uh, what you do for work, and then your passion within politics. Absolutely. So I'm a Colorado native, born and raised here, sixth generation, which we're a rare breed these days. Um, I didn't grow up in a particularly political household. My parents were culturally political to the extent that I knew that they cared about who was the president or those kinds of things, but we didn't sit around the dinner table and talk about politics in my household growing up at all. Um, but then, like so many of us, I was influenced by a really, really good high school teacher. I had a really good American government teacher in high school who totally opened my eyes to the power of democracy, how influential citizens can be in our system, and um, a lot of like the inside baseball of how politics works in America, and I got totally hooked. So after university, I double majored in political science and education. I started teaching American government in high school and ended up transitioning into working directly in politics. And so I've been working in Colorado politics throughout the last six years. Um, I spent about three years working in the Colorado State Senate for the then Senate Majority Leader and got uh, an up-close and personal look at what it's like to work under the Gold Dome and how our laws are actually crafted in Colorado and what the balance of power looks like. And for the last three years, I've been doing government relations and education and advocacy work in Colorado's energy industry. That's awesome. That's that's so cool. And so, um, you yeah, like you said, you have an inside look at Colorado politics. And and I think so many people, even myself, who's I'm trying to get more involved with local politics. Um, and we've had some cool conversations that have inspired me and, and gave me some um, some resources, even of how to start doing that. But what what like about local politics is something. Um, that's even like why is it important so many people I think just just think it happens and it doesn't affect them yeah absolutely I think if I were to ask most of my friends um, what do you think our county clerk does they probably would have no idea (laughs) Um, and they have no idea that actually you're someone like your county clerk influences you a lot if you do or don't like how your DMV runs or the way that you vote in an election that's because of who your county clerk is or our secretary of state for our, our state elections And these people who are in these elected positions at the state, local, county levels have a huge amount of influence on our lives. And it's sometimes the easiest way to get involved and actually make a difference civically in our communities is engaging at the state and local level. So when I was working at the state capitol, it was such an education for me about how state government works, but also what we can actually get done. Um, It was amazing to work on legislation with 
the senators who I was working for and the people that they were representing all across the state of Colorado, that we made housing more affordable. We helped increase access to emergency 911 services. And one of my favorite stories is that I got to work on a bill about making licensing easier for nurse practitioners. Now, while that might seem very kind of obscure and thinking, okay, what does that actually have to do with my life? Um, A couple of months later, I actually met a nurse practitioner who's now a really good friend of mine. And the work that we did to pass that bill made her life directly better. She was able to get her license in a more efficient and streamlined process when she got out of school. That ultimately meant that she had a better life, but also that more Coloradans had access to healthcare. And that bill also increased access to healthcare, especially in the rural parts of our state. Mm. And so seeing you know, working on a bill for several months at the state capitol and then literally getting to meet someone whose life was directly benefited within a couple of months after we passed it was such a picture to me of what we can actually do to improve our state and to engage um, our citizens right here at home. Yeah, no, that's super cool. And it's it's crazy too, even to hear that. Like, um, I think one reason people stay uninvolved is because they don't think it is something uh, you know, it's like, oh, the government is just this one little sector. But even like you're saying, for nurse practitioners, like that's a crazy field that you wouldn't necessarily think is uh, connected to the policies and, and what the government's doing. Um, but being able to, to change something like that is to benefit. So I think people um, need to kind of realize that it actually has so much more impact than, it, than, it, than they think and that it should be for the good of people as well. So that's something that, you know, hopefully is not lost within it. Um, and I think that that has kind of happened. Do you think that like people have kind of, um, it, it just seems like politics has become something that's, it doesn't feel like it's directly focused on the betterment of people. I think that it's really easy to look at the political system that we have and feel really either discouraged or disenchanted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that causes us to be disengaged. There's really, like, what is the incentive to being engaged is what I think a lot of people are wondering right now. And I think that we're so influenced by the 24-hour news cycle, by the obstruction or the logjam that's happening in Washington, D.C., that we feel simultaneously um, overwhelmed and, and disengaged. And so, which is a really interesting juxtaposition. Um, But I think that ultimately, politics comes down to our values. I heard someone recently say that politics is about summoning our good and beating back our evil, right? It's about what can we do, how can we come together and collaborate and move everyone forward. And I think that it's the perfect place for us to talk about our values. So many of my friends understand, I think, in some way that politics is important, that the government is important. And there's almost a sense of guilt about, yeah, I know I should know more. I don't think I know who our senator is. I'm not exactly sure who everyone is who's running for these different offices. I think maybe I missed the last election. I don't know where my ballot went, those kinds of things. But I don't think people engage because they necessarily don't care. I think they feel overwhelmed by a system that they don't understand. And if I'm have the uh, liberty to nerd out a second, our founding fathers created a government that was supposed to be by the people and for the people. But that's really hard if the people don't understand how it works, Mm, or they don't understand what influence they can have over it. And so something that I'm passionate about is empowering people to vote their values and voice their values within our system through education and information. Because once you understand how the system works, even at a really rudimentary level, you're immediately empowered to influence it. That's awesome. 
I think um, I'm having Brian Watson on soon, and uh, and one thing he was he talks about is like because he was a, he ran as a Republican, and he said you know it was just a year where it wasn't very good for Republicans. If if it just said an R next to your name, so many people. Um, you know, it, that's how we both both sides do. You just look for the one that your party is, and you just vote, 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 regardless of what their policies are, who they are, what they're trying to get done. And so, like you had said, like looking at, we, we just hear so much about what's happening in D.C., the, the national politics, the president, and this and that, and then how you feel about that influences just your, your local decisions, though it might not be actually what's, what you agree with or what's better or anything like that. Um, one thing that you, that you talked about last time we talked was um, about how in Colorado specifically, we just, uh, during these last midterms, we voted for um, almost all Democrats as far as the people, but then almost all the policies we voted conservative. Ex- like, explain that a little bit. Yeah, Coloradans uh, tend to be a little schizophrenic, I think, in our voting. We have a very strong libertarian streak, which we tend to be very proud of. I think it's a, a holdover of our independent kind of West, Wild West mentality here. But yeah, we like to think of ourselves, I think, generally in Colorado is pretty progressive, and that's kind of the dominant voting block right now, which meant that the blue wave was super strong here in Colorado, and we saw um, a new kind of Democratic majority in the greatest way in decades. But then, as you mentioned, all of the other initiatives that were on our ballot, things like tax increases, all failed. Um, that were, in many ways, kind of the policy positions of the candidates who were also on the ballot, who everyone voted for. And it's a really interesting analysis to look at who are Coloradans today, what do they care about, and how are we voting. And I think that speaks to the fact that politicians, um, it's really they have an impetus to message their policies better and to explain what they stand for. And it also shows us that voters really need to be engaged and informed about who they're voting for and what issues they care about. And I know that it's very overwhelming when you're looking at a ballot and you're looking at all these names. And we all have a lot of other things in our lives that we're busy with. We're also thinking if you've got kids or family or work or social responsibilities, you're thinking, how do I have time to also understand who all of these people are and if their values align with mine? But I think there are some really easy Um, and efficient ways to inform ourselves to make sure that what we're voting for isn't just tribalism, identity politics, party affiliation, but we're actually voicing our values in the process. And so what are some of those ways? Like, What's the best way for somebody to get informed on that, to figure out, just to kind of simplify it a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, we have an election coming up here in Denver next week, and I know so many people who are feeling frustrated by, man, I went to these candidates' websites and I'm reading what they're putting on about themselves, and I'm not sure if I'm just reading a bunch of kind of political promises or rhetoric or if this is something that's actually going to happen or something more tangible. For me, whenever I'm assessing candidates or I'm looking at a race, I like to listen to a debate. So you don't have to go out on a Tuesday night to some organization and uh, be at the debate. Oftentimes they're online. You can find them on YouTube. You can find them on your local news station. But even just listening to what these people have to say when you're doing dishes or making dinner is a great opportunity to hear for yourself when they're live and on the spot if the policies that they're um, promoting actually you agree with them. I think, you know, when we're not in the election cycle, one of the ways that I always encourage people, the very first thing you should do is find out who your elected officials are. You can start with your state rep, your state senator, maybe your mayor, your city council, and follow them on social media. 
it is the number one easiest way to start engaging. All of our elected officials are on social media right now. They're actively engaging because they're always trying to spread their message and also recruit voters, right? Folks to vote for them. And you can see like, oh, this is who's representing me. You can start having an idea of what they care about, what they're doing on your behalf. And then you can decide if you agree with it or not. And then if you do agree with it, maybe you send a, a note and you send an email, you say, thanks so much, I really appreciate it. Because um, I think a lot of times our elected leaders hear a lot of negative and not very much positive. But then also if you don't agree with it, you have an avenue to reach out to them and say, hey, you represent me this policy is something that I don't agree with. I would love to chat with you about it. And there are avenues like town halls, public comment periods, city council meetings, where we can actively engage. I think people think, you know, politics is so overwhelming the government. I, I would have to be, you know, have some sort of certification or credibility to go and speak on behalf of a policy. But in fact, it's available to all of us. Anyone in the state can go down to the state capitol during the legislative session and talk about a bill. They can give public comment. They can talk at their county commission meeting. Um, and it's going to take that kind of engagement for us to really move the society or the culture in the direction that we want it to go. They're actually not very heavy lifts, if you think about it. Um, but once you understand that that's available to you, it makes it a lot easier. And what's the best way to find out who your your local, your reps are? Like, what's is, just go online? How do you do that? Yeah, the state legislative website, if we want to talk about the state legislature, has a really easy um, website to manage. It's just legleg.colorado.gov. You go on, you says find my legislator, you enter in your address, and it immediately shows you who's representing you. And from there, I think also people think, oh my goodness, it's a state representative or it's a state senator, this kind of important person, and I don't know if I should ever talk to them. But in reality, in Colorado, we have a citizen legislature, and there are people just like us. They're, the legislature in Colorado is comprised of farmers and teachers and insurance agents and just regular people who, when they're not in the session for 120 days a year, go back to their day jobs. Mm. And it's they don't get paid very much. It really is public service. And, and they want to hear from you. So the best way is sometimes even just emailing them and saying, hey, I'm a constituent, I would love to have coffee, and sitting down with them, which they are almost always happy to do, and tell them about the things that you value. Wow, that's awesome. It's just like something that seems like you would have no idea that you could even do any of these things. Um, and then you had talked, uh, too, about starting something um, that you're doing, that you're passionate about, about just kind of bringing friends together, bringing people together, because you've seen a need for information. What's that about? Yeah, absolutely. So there's an old quote that says, uh, we get the government we deserve. And like I said earlier, I think people don't engage because they're simply overwhelmed or intimidated by what by the process. The Capitol looks like a big, fancy building. They're not sure where they fit into that dynamic. And the answer is, that's the people's house and it belongs to us. And I started realizing that with my friends when we would have an election coming up they would come to me and say, I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what these ballot initiatives are. Who are these people who are running for office? And I realized that there was this need for people to have information, but also to have a forum where you could have an open dialogue about issues. I think people are hesitant to engage politically because it becomes sometimes very tense. Yeah. A lot of dynamics of tribalism and 
negativity come out and we get into these really staunch either party affiliations or ideological debates where they become intimidated to even ask a basic question about what does this policy mean or why should I care? And so I started facilitating these really informal, nonpartisan, um, open-ended discussions where everyone would bring their ballots together. We would maybe um, have some wine or some beer and just have a really simple conversation about what do these things mean and allowing people to come to their own conclusions and like I keep saying to voice their own values on the ballot not to be convinced to necessarily have to agree with someone else but after hearing the facts and having an open dialogue in a safe forum um, being able to make a decision and so that's something that I think we have such a need for in our society as a whole and so we're starting to facilitate something called the Colorado Citizen Project, where we will both have online resources about these simple ways that you can engage, like I've mentioned, as well as hosting events around certain issues or around the election cycle for people to come and ask questions and have a thoughtful civic debate that doesn't devolve into partisan infighting. That's awesome. Some voting parties. Absolutely. Come and vote together. Come and have a good time. That's great. Sounds so, very nerdy, but it's actually very fun. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds great. And it sounds like something that is something that's like, hey, let's come and, you know, people come around and watch TV shows together or whatever. Like, hey, let's come and just talk about this. And then having something where it's just informative and fun and uh, and getting people engaged is a great thing. And so that's going to be on Instagram and stuff like that. So what's, I mean, is it just Colorado Citizen Project? Is that yep. what it is? Just search us on uh, social media and you can find us on almost all the platforms. And it's great because after people engage in these kinds of forums or conversations, they'll reach out to me afterwards and say, man, I voted for the first time feeling really confident. Like I knew what I was doing and I was making a difference in my community. Thanks for helping me do that. And that's what we want. That's awesome. And so what are some other resources that you would uh, suggest to people um, just that are looking to get involved or just to know more history? I love the the tax man, the podcast that you recommended me. It was great. Um, so, so what are some of those things? Yes. I don't know if it's like Inception talking about podcasts on a podcast. <laughs> But there are some really great resources, especially for Colorado voters, that make being engaged and being informed incredibly easy. Things like podcasts, uh, Colorado Public Radio has several that I really appreciate. One of them is The Tax Man, which goes into something that we have in Colorado that's very unique called the Taxpayer Bill of Rights that literally affects every single policy we pass that has any kind of uh, fiscal note or budget requirement. Very interesting. And that's The Tax Man was a, just a normal, regular dude, not involved in politics who now like wrote a bill put it in play that's a good just a good example even yeah. listening to that about that one specific thing gave me a cool picture of like what you can do what anybody can do was was really cool yeah, the opportunity for citizen engagement in Colorado's political system is very high compared not only to you know, other states, but obviously other countries. Getting you know, initiatives on the ballot through citizen petition, for example, you know, tax man, that came on um, was a constitutional amendment that they got on via a bunch of citizens coming together, signing a petition, getting it on the ballot, and they literally changed the state constitution, yeah. which is an incredible amount of power that we have available to us that most of us just don't realize. Um, other opportunities or other resources that I appreciate, there's another great podcast called Purplish. This question of, is Colorado a red state, a blue state, or a purple state? Um, kind of some breaking news. We just decided that we are going to have our presidential primary on Super Tuesday next year, which is new for Colorado. It means that we are more in the mix as far as determining who the candidates are going to be for the presidential race in 2020. That will be very interesting, and it will mean that Colorado is going to have a lot of political activity next spring. 
Um, other opportunities also would be I would tune into your local radio station, tune into talk radio or CPR, even if you're just listening on your commute in or uh, leaving work. Having a general idea of what's happening in our community is so important. Also, I, what is that radio station? Colorado Public Radio is a great opportunity. What, do you know which what station that is? Is it eighty eight point one? I think it's ninety point one, maybe ninety point one. I think it's uh, number two in my program in my car. Oh, there you go. So just in Chelsea's <laughs> number two program settings. You can but find I'm it. Sure. CPR. Yeah. Just look up CPR just radio. Public radio. Public radio. Um, but also, you know, another example is I moved to Inglewood last year, and I didn't know anything about Inglewood politics. Uh, if anyone knows anything, it's actually quite dramatic. Our city council has had a lot of drama in the last couple <laughs> of years. I didn't know who our mayor was, and I wanted to get involved. So I subscribed to the Inglewood Herald, and I get my local newspaper, and I get an idea of what's happening in my community. I understand about what's happening with our homeless population or economic development projects that we're doing, and that's really important. Opportunities like that led me to getting to meet our mayor, and she shared this really cool initiative that they're doing where the mayors of several local cities are coordinating with several local pastors to create um, helpful policy solutions to address the homelessness issue in the Metro Denver area. That's a super interesting, innovative project that I'm super excited to be involved in, but I wouldn't have known about that it was that it was even happening if I didn't have some level of engagement. Yeah, all these old school things. Uh, the the newspaper and the radio stations. But there's so many ways to find those online too. And even like you said, uh, the representatives and everyone's on on Twitter and Instagram and social media, Facebook, everything. And um, so just getting involved that way is a great way to do it too. It's literally never been easier to engage. Yeah. Than it is today. That's awesome. Well, thanks again for the time and, and coming on. I hope everybody uh, takes away. And this is going to be out. So the, this election uh, or this ballot right now is May 7th um, is voting day or when your ballots have to be turned in as well. And um, so that's within these next few days. And uh, I just encourage everybody to just get informed. There's only like seven things to vote on on this one, I think. So it's a short one. So it's a good one to start. Um, but there's also some some interesting initiatives, Initiative 300. Um, do you have any opinions on that? We were chatting about this a little bit earlier. Homelessness is such an important conversation in our city. It's something that we have to address, something that we need to come up with better solutions for. Unfortunately, this initiative, the solution is we can't fix it and people should just be able to live outside. And I don't think that that is in line with the values of me or of our city. There's better solutions and there are more ways um, to treat homeless people or people who are struggling with finding affordable housing with much more dignity than saying we're going to make it legal for you to live outside. Yeah, I agree. I, we were out yesterday walking around talking to people and uh, one homeless guy was telling us that that through the, um, the, the police telling him he had to move or move on or whatever, he said they're really nice and that they would actually give him even options like, hey, have you looked into this? Have you looked into this? And the fact that he wasn't allowed to just stay out forced him to go to these shelters who are providing amazing resources and he now has uh, um, his social security and his veterans disability uh, or whatever it was that he got that he didn't even know that he was going to have access to. Uh, So he was just out on the street without that and then kind of from him being forced to go into these places, which might seem bad, uh, actually provided him with resources that he didn't know were there. And so I agree with you. I don't think it's the greatest solution. and it's crazy that if it happens, it's kind of an immediate thing, and it's like figuring out all those lines. So, uh, and, and you can't just have a few things. It's like this whole initiative. If you vote yes, 
the entire thing is passed and, and submit or put it, you know, put into place right away, um, which I don't think is the greatest way to, to go about it. But I just hope that it encourages all of us to, to even maybe think about something that we need to address more. Yeah, it's um, definitely an important way to start the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I don't think it's going to pass. It seems like uh, there's a lot, a lot of people that, that are thinking the same thing that we are. And uh, yeah, like we said, hopefully that it's, it sparks some, some interest in, in even the conversation about it. But um, so yeah, so we encourage you guys to go out and vote for this one if you haven't. Uh, if you're a Denver registered voter, if you're not registered, then you should probably go and register as well. Um, but yeah, do you have any last things to say? I would just encourage you to not be intimidated by the mm. process. Again, this is a government for the people, by the people. Our lawmakers, our county commissioners, our city council members, they work for us, they represent us. And politics ultimately is about relationships. So start building relationships with your elected leaders. It's super easy, it doesn't have to be intimidating. They're just Colorado citizens just like us. Absolutely, such a pleasure, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Thank you again for tuning into this episode of the City of Fruit podcast. We're a young podcast, so we're in need of your help. If you'd like to financially support or have any ideas of people to have on the show or ideas to talk about, please email me at cityoffruit at gmail.com. Also, remember to follow on Instagram at City of Fruit for all the updates of what we'll be doing and where things will be posted. Please get the word out there and share this with your friends around Denver and the world. And together, we can make this a City of Fruit.